of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit father we thank you for your word we pray that you will speak to us minister to us release grace into our lives that we will become everything that God wants us to be this morning every resistance to the preaching of God's word we bind them in the name of Jesus and we take victory in the house. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Anybody remember what was the title of the message? Huh? Watch what you say. All right. That's good. That's exactly what we were talking about. Watch what you say. Huh? Okay, turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, 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 watch what you say. Did you tell your neighbor that? And look at your neighbor again, come on. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I missed you last night. Uh-huh. First you said what? Watch what you say. Then you said... I missed you last night. All right. Okay. Good. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about the importance of our words. I don't know how many of you guys listen to Caleb. On and off, we listen to Caleb. More often when our son is with us traveling. We listen. And this is one of the songs that we normally hear them play on K-Love. It's a song written by Hawk Nelson on words. Words can build you up. Words, words can break you down. Start a fire in your heart or put it out. Let my words be life. Let my words be truth. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you. Praise the Lord. It's a beautiful song. I love it. And this morning I reached out to my friend MJ and said, can you sing that song? He said, I know the song, but we haven't sang the song. Maybe one of these days we will sing that song. Praise the Lord. 
Words have the power to build. Words have the power to break. Words have the power to help. Words have the power to hurt. World, words can do wonders for us. Praise God. Words as God wants us to. God wants our words to align with his word. Praise God. God's word says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Praise the Lord. You cure your tongue can be an instrument of life. Your tongue can be an instrument that can bring solace, comfort, healing, health, and help to the people around you. In fact, God wants it to be an instrument that brings blessings and encouragement and edification to the body of Christ. At the same time, our tongues have the potential to harm and to wound people around us. Praise God. So powerful is the tongue that it is one of the two instruments that God has given each and every one of us that can impact our destiny. That can make a difference in our eternity. Do you know what are those two instruments that all of us have that can impact and determine our destiny? Number one, it's our heart. And number two, it's our tongue. Like we reminded last week from Romans chapter 10, as Paul puts it down, with our heart we believe, and with our mouth we confess that Jesus is Lord. And do you know what happens the moment that you do it? The moment you do that, what happens is you are transferred. You are translated. You are transported from death to life. From death to life. But quite so often, people who are transported from death to life do not work on their vocabulary. Do not work on their words. They have been translated from death to life, but they still speak words that produce death. They still speak words that maim. They still speak words that wound. They still speak words that cut people down. They still speak words that discourage and to bring people into distress. God wants us to become people whose words align with our status. Align with our status quo. Align with our position. Align with our positioning in Christ Jesus. Praise God. In other words, the words that we speak 
has to align with the position that we have in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. With the status quo in Christ Jesus. So the words have to go along with where we are, what we are, who we are. God wants not our words to limp behind us, not to take time to catch up with us but we need to orient ourselves cultivate within ourselves develop within our souls words that will stick words which would align ourselves and our position in Christ Jesus praise God you know though only two ounce of muscular muscular flesh that is attached to the to to our mouth this has a disproportionate power and impact around us Look into two world leaders and you will know how their words impacted their nation right by the, by each others. One was Hitler. He used his words to drag his people and lead the entire nation into destruction. The other one was Churchill who used his words to encourage and establish that nation in the moments of crisis in their lives. Praise God. Words has the power to make things to change things, to transform things, to bring about change in our lives. Praise the Lord. It's very interesting that the writer of prophecies that death and life, mind the order, quite often we find ourselves spewing out words that leads to death. Praise God. We're not just talking, we're not talking about physical death. We're talking about spiritual death. We're talking about emotional death. We're talking about relational death. We're talking about death in every form that can creep into our lives as we speak words that produce that negative effect on our lives. We, God wants us to be people who speak words of life. In fact, Apostle James had so much to say about the power of tongue and the words that proceed out of our mouth. He talks about in chapter 3 about the untamable tongue. Praise God. Untamable tongue. In fact, he goes to the extent of saying, if any man can control his tongue, he is like a perfect person. Wow. James puts it in chapter 3, verse 6. It corrupts the whole person. What corrupts the whole person? Sets the whole course of love is life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Praise God. The uncontrolled tongue has a direct pipeline into hell. Praise God. It destroys the person to begin with. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of life on fire, and itself is set on fire by 
hell fueled by the fire of hell it continues to burn and it continues to contaminate and soil life bringing in destructive power not only into the life of that person but touching the lives of people that they tend to influence in other words it's verbal poison what is it blatant lies gossips insinuations and flattery praise god no nobody comes and speaks death over anyone but rather through these various channels instead of life that has to be implanted and infused into the life of god's people quite often it's the contrary as various channels are used one being gossip how many of you have gossiped before anybody only one only one everybody's looking all around to see who's that one <laughs> i've been gossiping about you guys yeah now that you're giving me more material to gossip about you what is it well, i'm going to say that you guys don't gossip and i'm not going to stop there i'm going to say can you believe it can you believe it well we all are guilty of gossiping at one point or the other all right and if we have done it in the past it's if we are doing it now it's time to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's time to don't look at me man <laughs> tell your neighbor it's time to see did your neighbor ask stop what no your neighbor did not ask stop what you know why why because they know there's no need to ask huh all right okay listen this is what god's word says in proverbs 20:19 a gossip betrays a confidence so avoid a man who talks too much do you have friends who talk too much huh we all know people who talk too much when you're around people who talk too much you know, too many things come out boy sometimes when i'm talking to some people i'm like my ears are full yes a gossip does what it betrays a confidence praise god see if you are not part of the problem or if you are not essentially part of the solution that comes to an issue you should not be talking about a confidential matter listen if you are not part of the solution or if you are not part of the problem in other words what you are gossiping should be about should be about yourself either you are party to the problem or you are a solution to it you should not be discussing it praise the lord 
Paul writing to the Corinthians says like this, that gossip in the church in Corinth was a real problem. You know? And gossip in the church, it always comes in the garb of what? Spirituality, religion, pious stuff. How do we normally present it? How do we normally present How do you guys normally present the gospel? What do you do? Just pick up the phone and say, hey, listen, man, I'm going to gossip, okay? How do you guys do it? How do you do it? Come on. Huh? Prayer request. All right. Normally, that's how it goes. Prayer request. Listen, we have a prayer request. Because he has no clue. She's like blank. What are you guys talking about? That's good. If we have such, such people, let's praise the Lord. But prayer is one way that people present gossips. You know? They're very cool, very subtle. Did you hear? I have such a burden, boy. <clears throat> yeah. Such a burden. Such a burden what? So many gossip, it has become a burden. Yeah, that's what some people are burdened with. Do you know how gossip is spelled? Go sip. Go sip. It's very tasty. The Bible calls it choice morsels. It's very tasty till it hits home. Amazing, I have found something. I have found that people who gossip normally, they are hush-hush when it is something that has to do with their own homes. They don't talk. And even if you prompt them, even if you shake them, they don't know. They haven't heard about it. That is good. If we can do that for everyone. If we can do that for everyone. So what is this doing? What is it doing? See the body of Christ is a place. Where people need to have the freedom. To share their heart. To share their deepest, darkest struggles in their lives and the body of Christ when that is taken away from them then people tend to struggle with it because there is no avenue of release no place to open up no one to open up because they are afraid that as soon as you open up it becomes it comes on the six o'clock Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how many of you guys remember this. I, I think at least the old timers do. You know, there was there was the time when our late pastor K. Korean, he had a small placard. I don't know how many of you guys remember it. You know, 
and the placard said it, it was in Malayalam. Um, and I used to go around with it and I used to crack up because people used to talk about it. They used to ask him about this. Uh, the placard said, if you are not present, you cannot discuss about that person. In other words, if there is a discussion going on and if you are not there in that, that room, you cannot be discussing about that person. It was so funny because people would talk about that placard and that placard would always take us to people who are not there. That was the irony of it, you know? Uh, so what is the point? The point is, you know, unless we become people who are disciplined, we'll just talk because we love to talk. Praise the Lord. Hmm. This is what David said. David said in Psalm 39.1, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth as with a muzzle. We are in the New Testament. I want to ask you, have you ever felt like saying something to someone and all of a sudden you get this feeling deep down in your spirit, you shouldn't be saying this. No, you shouldn't say it. Have you ever felt that prompting or the nudging deep down inside say, no, you shouldn't be saying this. Well, after hearing that, we would start the conversation by saying, listen, I shouldn't be saying this, but do you know who it was telling you that you shouldn't be saying this? Yes. It was the Spirit of God telling you, oh, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. But instead of yielding ourselves to it, instead of listening to the whispering of the Spirit, Instead of becoming obedient to that voice, what did we do? We used that same phrase that the Spirit of God whispered into our ears, used this as a launching pad to bring forth the venom that should have been restrained and confined. Everything that the Spirit of God whispers in our ears is not for the rooftop. Everything that the Spirit of God whispers in our spirit is not to be shared with someone else. But quite often we use that phrase to make inroads into people's life. Praise the Lord. So the next time the Spirit of the Lord says, maybe you shouldn't talk about this, you shouldn't be talking about this, you do what? Zip it. Zip it. That's what David is saying. David said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth as with a muzzle. 
Now when you take into consideration the context of when and what David was saying, David chose to remain silent when people were assaulting him with words, when people were accusing him with accusation, he said, I'm not going to respond to this. I'm going to put my mouth as if it is a muzzle on my mouth. <coughs> so David rather decided to zip it. But he did talk. He talked to the right person. You know who he talked to? He talked to the Lord. He talked to the Lord. And this is what he says, Lord, instead of me lashing out to people, instead of me lashing out to people who are accusing me, give me that strength to understand how frail I am, how weak I am, how short my life is. Wow! When you have all the reason to lash out at people, he's in. is to speak my mind. Have you seen such talented people? Have you? No? Some people this like to speak their mind. And this man came up to John Wesley and said, listen, my talent is to speak my mind. And this is what John Wesley said. Oh, is that so? Well, that is one talent that God wouldn't care a bit if you buried it. We are not called to speak whatever we feel like. But we have been asked to speak the word of truth. Praise God. David realized that he had the potential to sin with his tongue. To sin with the word. And David knew and he took special care and steps to make sure that that would not happen in his life. Which would lead to destruction. He realized how serious God is about the damage and the destruction that the tongue can bring. And this is what he prayed in Psalm 141.3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Melvin, where are you? Where are the words? Put those two words, some words, some verses from Psalm. Psalm 39.1 and Psalm 141.3. Put them on together on the screen, please. Thank you. Look at these two words. Psalm 39.1 and Psalm 141.3. Satan quite often makes us believe that our words do not carry weight or power or it cannot impact or influence people. He wants us to believe that our words can be raised with time 
and they don't have any impact or influence on people. But listen, what David realized, praise God. Can you put two of them together, please? Okay, thank you. When you look at these two words, Psalm 39, 1, and Psalm 141, 3, what is the difference? Tell me, what is the difference? What is the difference? I want you to look at it. Psalm 39.1 and Psalm 141.3. What is the difference? You see the difference? I know you girls are reading the Malayalam version. I see that. Ah. The first word that David is saying is what? David is saying, I will do it. I said, I will guard my ways. Lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth as with a muzzle. That's self. That's him. I'm going to do it. The second verse we say, it has the same impact. But here, what he's saying is, God. You have to do this. What do you have to do it? You have to set a guard over my mouth. Oh Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. What do you understand? There is a place where we have to make a personal de decision and there has to be a determination on our end that we would not lose or we would not use our tongue in a way that will bring shame to the name of the Lord. On the other end, David realizes no amount of effort from him would just simply enable him to be victorious in this realm. Therefore he's asking. God set a God over my mouth. You set a God over my mouth. And watch over my lips. So that the unwanted does not come out. There is a human responsibility. And there is a divine aid that is needed in every arenas of our lives if we have to be victorious in any and every realms of a Christian life. I hope you're coming with me. Human responsibility and divine sovereignty is a very delicate balance. It's a tension that is standing there. And you cannot simply say, Hey, unto him who is able to keep me from falling and I have no desire whatsoever from our end to make sure that we stand. Paul says, Having done everything to stand. Put on the whole armor of God. 
we cannot just simply give the faculties of our speech the faculties of our thoughts we cannot just simply leave it unguarded and say let god god over it You cannot be talking one way at home fussing and cussing and cursing and the next thing as James says uh, praising God with that same mouth and then claim that God will take care of it Do we have a desire? Oh yes, God is able. He is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy. Yes, yes. But is there a desire on our end to keep ourselves pure and holy? John the Revelator says He who is holy let him be holy He who is just let him be just He who is righteous let him be righteous Where is the drive on your end If my speech is sanctified only because when I'm in the confines of the pulpit then there is a problem I need to find a mobile pulpit God wants our words to bring forth life to bring forth vibrancy to bring forth life in the lives of people from our home base all the way to wherever God sends us Hallelujah. Praise God. Hmm. Let's go on. Gossip is not the end. Insinuation. What is insinuating? Saying but not saying. Not a direct say but an indirect say. The captain of a ship once found the first mate of the ship drunk. And the captain disciplined him and wrote it down on his ledger saying mate drunk today well the mate waited patiently and finally when he got a chance he wrote down on his own entry captain sober today captain could be sober every day but the implication was when captain sober today meant that this captain was what that's insinuation words words have the power words twisted can bring forth tragic destructions in our lives when gossip is something that is done behind a person's back never daring to say on their face 
Next one is flattery. Listen to this. What does flattery does? Flattery said right on their face what you would never say behind them. Beware of smooth operators who drip with words of honey. With unwholesome motives. This is what the Bible talks about them. Proverbs 29.5 Whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. When people come up to me with sweet words, honey dripping words, my spirit just checks them. Oh, watch out. Now there is a, there is, there is a difference. The Bible says our speech ought to be graceful, seasoned, as if it's salt. That's not what you're talking about. Flattery is looking at you and saying, man, where did you come from? You know, looks like you just fell from heaven. Oh man, that voice, boy, you could sing. Flattery. Some people have mastered the art of flattery. And if you have the spirit of God in you, you will pick it up like this. Flattery. This is what the word of God says. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and every boastful tongue that says, We will triumph with our tongues. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? In other words, people who are flattering, they think that they, they can, with their words, they can win. With their words, they can deceive. With their words, they can have their way. And the Lord says that he will cut off all flattering lips. What are we talking about? We are talking about death that produces, that comes from our tongue. And it comes in the way of gossips. It comes in the way of insinuation. It comes in the way of flattery. It comes in the way of criticism. Know of anybody who criticizes? Hello? Yes? Of all the people who have the most right to criticize. Christians? Christians have the right to criticize? Huh? We are people who are adorned with the robe of righteousness. We are who? We are people who are adorned with the robe of righteousness. And quite often, this robe gets into our head. And we become so self-righteous that anyone and everyone else that we see, we feel that they are unmade. That they are not all there. They don't have everything that they need. And that puts us in a place that we feel that we have the right to criticize. The Bible says, he who thinks that he stands, beware, take care, lest he falls. 
The possibility to slip, falter, and fall is always there, if not for the grace of the Lord. The longer we stand, the grateful and graceful we ought to be. Praise God. So with the songwriter we can say, only by grace can we stand. Only by grace can we enter. Praise God. Praise God. If you have beauty, don't despise people who might not have your kind of beauty. If you're healthy, don't despise people who might be sick. If you're wealthy, don't despise the poor. If you're educated, don't despise the uneducated. If you are affluent, don't look down on those who are uninfluential. If you are saintly, don't despise those who are sinners. If you have godly offsprings, don't despise those who do not. When we use our words to criticize, we tend to forget that when we pass judgment on others, we will be judged on the same token. Praise God. Words have the power to change lives. Words can create destiny. Words can affect eternity. Bad words, hurtful words have the tendency to last. But good words can last longer. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Neighbor, don't sleep. Oh, you guys are not sleeping. Because you can't sleep and be laughing. Good words can last longer. Tell your neighbor. Good words can last longer. So we're going to end with a good word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because I want it to last for a whole week. I want it to be etched in your hearts. Carry it as long as you can. Praise God. Hallelujah. A preacher was traveling to Tennessee. Him and his wife were having a good time. And they got into a restaurant and they were eating. As they were eating, they saw that this man, elderly man with white hair, gray hair, was hopping from one table to another, striking conversation with everybody in a restaurant. You know? And this this preacher couple, they looked at each other and said, Oh, we wish they don't come, to, he doesn't come to our table. But lo and behold, the man came to their table and said, Hello, good morning, how are you guys? Well, you know, what do you say when somebody says, Good morning, how are you? They said, We're fine, we're fine, and hoping that the guy would not just simply leave. The man just said, Where are you from? They said, Well, we are coming from out of state. Oh, okay. What do you guys do for a living? Is this, is it, oh, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher at the seminary. Oh, that's wonderful. And the man just pulled a chair and just sat down next to them. <laughs> and he said, Since you are a teacher and a preacher, I'm going to give you a good sermon illustration for you. Oh, the preacher said, Oh, I don't want to hear this. You know, the last thing that you want to hear this. But the man could not be stopped. He said, do you see that mountain? Look at that mountain. And they looked out and they saw a mountain. 
Well, you know, I, there was that mountain, you said there was a boy who was born by that mountain. And as he was growing up, nobody knew who's, who his father was. And this man continued the story. He said, you know, as he grew up, the whole village, the talk was who his father was. This boy grew up wherever he went. When he went to a store, when he went to school, when he went to church, everybody would be talking behind his back. He could hear them whispering, wonder who his father is. Well, he grew up with the shame that was etched upon him, tainted on him, that he could never get rid of. He was always embarrassed because everybody was trying to put him down. One day he would always come to the church. He will come late and leave early. How many of you guys know come late and leave early? This guy, that's what he used to do. But he had a reason. He had a reason. So one day the preacher stopped the message ahead of time. Not like this preacher. Stopped the message ahead of time and surprised everybody. This boy was surprised. Normally he will get up and he will walk out. But he could not get up and walk out. And the preacher went right in the door and he started greeting everybody who was walking out. And as this kid was walking out, the preacher stopped the kid and looked at the kid and said, Hey kid, who's your father? Can you believe this? You're the talk of the town 24-7. And some stranger comes from somewhere and he has to ask that question which would just wound him again. The kid, his face just fell down. All of a sudden the preacher realized that he had hit the wrong button. And he looked at him and says, took him old and shook him and looked into his eyes and said, I know who you are. You have a good resemblance to the father. You are the child of the living God. Oh. For the first time in his life, the sun started shining on this young man's face. That went right into his heart. And the preacher looked at him and he said, you know, you have a great future. You have a destiny. Go ahead and claim your destiny. The young man walked out of that place with his head held high, with his thought in his heart that he's a child of God who has a destiny. And that reminded him over and over again. And this old man sitting at the table sharing the story told his folks, you know, that young man, you know, his life was totally changed. His life was impacted by that positive words that came out of the preacher's mouth and that boy was never the same. The elderly man got up from the chair as he was leaving this couple who were surprised. He told them, that boy was me. Well, the, the preacher, the teacher from the seminary was, was, was embarrassed for a moment because he realized that what a great work God had done in this young man's life, in this man's life. As he walked out of the place, the preacher called the waiter and asked, who is that elderly man with that gray hair that was going from one table to another? The waiter smiled and said, don't you know him? He's the ex-governor of Tennessee. Ben 
hoopoe. Listen. We hear verses all around us all the time. But your words can be positive, influential, powerful to change the destiny of a young man, young lady who is hurting and looking for some kind of refuge. Praise God. Would you allow words of life to produce to come out of your mouth and touch lives around you? God is looking for people who have been translated from death to life become people who carry words of life into others' lives. Right? Rise up before the Lord. You and I have a great destiny.